Hey there, it's Ethan from Edge of NFT here. Welcome to the episode. Today we're bringing you a very special one filled with content curated from our recent travels to Southeast Asia and beyond. Stay tuned for some amazing interviews with incredible folks. We'll cut from one conversation to the next, introducing each guest as they arrive to give you the feeling like you're right there with us, jumping into each engaging conversation as it emerges. Stay tuned. Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Hey everyone, this is Josh Krieger with Edge of NFT live in Seoul, Korea at Seoul Meta Week with someone that whose background in blockchain is fascinating, whose beard actually matches or dominates our one and only Zach Sekar. Trevor, it's great to have you here. Yeah, great to be here, Josh. Having some tea, it's been adventure-filled first day at Soul Meta Week. Really enjoyed your talk earlier. Thank you. Maybe for our listeners at home, you can give a little bit of overview of yourself and what you covered in your talk, and then we'll have a broader conversation about what's going on in Seoul and Korea broadly in blockchain and Web3. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Trevor Owens. I'm the managing partner of Stacks Ventures and also the CEO and founder of Ninja Alerts. I've been an entrepreneur for a decade, mainly actually how we kind of go back and we didn't even know it, but I used to run a company called Lean Startup Machine doing training for entrepreneurs all around the world. And Josh, we have mutual connections through that. And I think you also were an attendee of one of those programs a while yeah, ago. Yeah, Lean Startup has been a key part of my entrepreneurial journey and something I've recommended to so many entrepreneurs over the years. It's just a great way to go about creating a company methodically and not letting your own personal bias and love of your idea blind you from the data. Absolutely. And so actually it was Lean Startup that brought me to Asia originally. I was working with Microsoft in China and spent about five years there. Also had a book published, The Chinese Market, worked with some big companies like Tencent, Huawei. And then when COVID happened, I kind of made my way over to Korea because I've always had an interest in planting seeds. I've always done stuff globally. Back in the Lean Startup Machine days, I used to travel around the world doing the trainings. And so I've always had a global view. And when it comes to Asia specifically, if you're to look at the global population of 8 billion people, and if you were to draw a circle around the smallest area that has more people inside the circle than outside the circle, it's actually called the Valerie Pira Circle. And it exists around a five-hour flight radius from Hong Kong. So within a five-hour flight radius from Hong Kong, there's more than 4 billion people living within that circle. And so, my philosophy has always been global. It's always been about planting seeds outside of the U.S. And probably I view myself long-term being in the U.S. But one of the most interesting things about Asia is that if you were to draw a circle on the globe in a five-hour flight radius from Hong Kong, there's more people that live inside that circle than outside that circle. So, mm. so more than half the world's population is within a five-hour flight of Hong Kong. And so clearly, if you're looking at the global macro trends and you're keeping on Asia, you're seeing the massive amount of growth that's happening here. And so in the future, 20, 30, maybe 40 years from now, we may see a shifting of 
the main economic and innovation happening in Asia. And so that's always been my philosophy, my mindset. And then when I look at the potential hubs of innovation in top cities, I really, and also consider geopolitics and those factors, I really look at Singapore and Korea as being the two main areas to base a company or to base a team in. And the main advantage of Korea compared to Singapore, while the main language is English, that's probably the main benefit, I would say, and of course the finance industry there. But there's only a 5 million population in Singapore versus if you look at Korea, it's 50 million. And there's many other industries here, such as entertainment, look at K-pop, K-dramas, esports, gaming, Samsung, LG. There's sort of a much more dynamic and diverse economic ecosystem in Korea, the biggest barrier being the language barrier. So if you're an entrepreneur like I am and you're adaptable and you want to have serious long-term impact in the Asian market, I think that Korea is probably the best place to base your company out of. So let's get more in-depth here. What is it like on the ground here in terms of the blockchain and the Web3 climate? I mean, it's booming. So it was August that we had the Korea Blockchain Week, which was hosted by Hash and ROK Capital, some friends of mine. And there was more people at the Korea Blockchain Week than were at Bitcoin Miami. So I think Bitcoin Miami was 30,000 people. Korea Blockchain Week, it was reported to be 40,000 people. I heard. Yeah, it was huge. And in spite of the flooding, yeah, that was pretty crazy times. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of community. And I've also heard that the Korean government's fairly concerned about scams and consumer rights. So how does that parlay into innovation? Yeah, I think that the government has been fairly hands-off when it comes to blockchain crypto so far. TBD, some of the new regulations coming, but even insofar as like up until last year, there's been no taxes on crypto. So that's been like a huge boost to actually the industry because there's a lot of people, especially with COVID and inflation, there's a ton of money pouring into it. And then in Korea, there's no taxes on top of that. And so it's just a perfect storm of interest in altcoins and all things blockchain. Though I do think that Korea tends to be a little bit behind the U.S. in terms of what the trend is. So we're just seeing now like NFTs picking up in Korea, whereas it was pretty huge over a year ago in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, I heard there's a major department store that had like a VIP membership for over $30,000 as an NFT and, and it sold out really quickly. And this was recently. I think it was a presidential candidate who sold his own NFT to raise funds for his campaign. Wow. How did he do that? I mean, I didn't see the NFT myself, but you know, it was either mayor candidate or a presidential candidate. Well, so we'll have to look that up. That definitely shows some local buy-in. Yeah. Are there any other projects based here in Korea besides Clayton, which everyone knows about, or at least knows more about than maybe some of the other things or other projects here that you find particularly inspiring? I think that from a technology perspective, of course, there's Clayton and then there's some other interesting things happen. But I think that Korea is more focused on industry application than it is necessarily on the core technology. I mean, that's the case, I think, with most countries. Like, you really don't see layer ones being developed outside of the United States that are successful. So Clayton being an exception because of its connection with Kakao. Vitalik, for example, he's actually a Russian-Canadian. Satoshi was definitely an American. All of the sort of most likely suspects are from America. So you see a heavy layer one development focus coming from the U.S., whereas I think other countries they're more going to be doing industry application. I think Korea is really poised well because of K-pop and K-drama 
and the fandoms that they're creating, people really underestimate how big K-pop is. All right, so are you now a K-pop fan? You've been here a few years? I mean, I appreciate it, but it's a little bit outside of my age category. Yeah, but you've been to at least one K-pop concert. I have not, but I listen to some of the earliest K-pop, so there's like one of the first K-pop bands is this band called Big Bang. I used to listen to those, and my, okay. friend, my friends uh, introduced me to them. They're pretty cool, but the younger ones, you know, it's a little bit out of my demographic. But yeah, I think looking at gaming, esports, K-pop, K-drama, that sort of IP creation, Korea is second to none in Asia. And there, again, there's like billions of people here in the Asian region. K-pop is huge in China. It's huge in Southeast Asia. So there's a lot going on, I think, for those industry-specific focuses in Korea. Very cool. Well, let's also give folks some background on Ninja Alerts and Stacks. You guys are up to some really cool things in the space. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Stacks is basically a, you can think of it like a layer two on top of Bitcoin that brings Ethereum level smart contracts to Bitcoin. And so it's one of the youngest chains right now. It just launched about a year and a half ago. And so I was actually an early advisor to the founders through the Lean Startup Machine and have been able to follow them over the years. They've been in this game for a very long time, but they just released the Stacks network a year and a half ago. And so it's been growing quite rapidly. It's really, my thesis is that I think we're moving towards a multi-chain ecosystem. And the, the key thing is going to be differentiation. So with Ethereum now succeeding in its move to proof of stake, I think other than Solana, a lot of the proof of stake chains are going to get wiped out because what is the technological advantage or differentiation of the other chains now that Ethereum is carbon neutral, has the potential for layer twos? Yeah, like in regard to Lean Startup with my previous company, we called it the Yeah Butts, right? And now you've got the big dog has removed the biggest Yeah But. Absolutely. And, and so that definitely should be an awakening for innovation within the ecosystem. Yeah, and so my theory is that at some point, the biggest competitor to Ethereum is going to be layers on top of Bitcoin because Bitcoin is still has the momentum. It has big trade-offs over Ethereum in terms of staying with proof of work, right? And so building layers on top of that, that's what I'm, one of my big theses I'm interested in. And for me, actually by the numbers as well, by the data stacks, it's just crushing everybody in that race to be the smart contract layer on top of Bitcoin. So I guess the contrarian viewpoint there would be that building on top of Bitcoin doesn't make sense. It's not a logical use of the technology. What are your thoughts there? I'm sure you have quite in-depth response. Yeah, so Stacks is building in a layered approach. So the whole argument is that Bitcoin is never going to change, right? And that actually fits into the strategy that Stacks took to it, where it's adding layers on top so that we don't have to change Bitcoin in order to add new functionality to Bitcoin. Because one of the biggest advantages of Bitcoin is the limited functionality. When you look at all the exploits and different hacks we've seen on Ethereum, right, related to DeFi, that's because the attack surface is so large, right? So the more functionality that you have, the more the attack surface is. And so with Bitcoin's very limited scripting capabilities, it's very hard for a major hack to happen. And then having Stacks as a layer on top, you can put the DeFi and the NFT capabilities in a way that leverages the security of Bitcoin while also extending its functionality. And so that's also the whole idea behind Stacks is not to change the base layer because the base layer is extremely hard to change. We saw that in the 2017, 2018 block size wars where they wanted to increase the block size, but then it didn't happen. And so 
just like I think Ethereum is going to reach a maturity point with the base layer, and then you're going to have more innovation happening on like the layer twos like Arbitrum and Optimism, Bitcoin is kind of already there. And then the question, the difference is going to be how much functionality is on the base layer versus how much functionality is on the higher layers, like layer two. So like Ethereum, it has a lot of functionality on the base layer, and then the rollups and snarks just extend that functionality. Versus Bitcoin, there's very limited functioning on the base, lality, base level, and then the layers on top are going to add a ton more functionality. Very cool. And you guys are doing a lot to, to help people build on top of Bitcoin with the accelerator program. I guess you do that program multiple times a year. Yep. And you have a new class coming up. Maybe you can tell folks a little bit about it and maybe highlight some of the unique innovations come out of the program. I know it's really difficult to pick a favorite. People ask what our favorite show is and they always want the favorite, but maybe just a couple sort of interesting highlights from the program and what's come out of it without sort of saying any of them are your favorite. Yeah, yeah, of course. I love all my children equally. Right. So yeah, we've been operating for about a year and a half since the Stacks Network kind of kicked off. We've made 47 investments to date. So we had a very aggressive pace of... Uh, capital deployment, we do make very small checks, so it's like 50k per company. And then some of the interesting projects, of course, every one of these projects is my favorite children. So Alex DeFi, which is like a Uniswap and meets Compound on Stack. So you can go there, you can swap tokens, you can do borrowing lending. They actually already have a order book layer three on top of their core platform. There's also Arcadico, which is actually a very interesting one because one of the key differences between Stacks and Ethereum, you know how you have staking on Ethereum, sure. which allows you to earn a yield of Ethereum. We have the same thing on Stacks, but instead of earning Stacks, you earn a yield of Bitcoin. So nice. you earn Bitcoin. You Who know, doesn't want to earn more Bitcoin ab- passively? Absolutely, especially for a new network that's less proven than Bitcoin, of course. To be able to hold the token and stake it and then earn native Bitcoin into your Bitcoin wallet is pretty compelling. And so with Arcadico, it's like a DAI-like stablecoin where it's backed by collateral. But when you take that loan out, you can actually pay it back through the yield automatically. So you can basically put down, let's say, 100K, and you're going to get 25%, you know, 25K out as a loan in stablecoins. And then your loan is going to pay itself off automatically from the interest on your collateral. Why didn't I know about this? That's pretty it's, cool. It's super dope. And tell us a little bit about Ninja Alerts as well. Yeah, yeah. So NinjaAlerts is a NFT trading tool. Basically, we're a contract and wallet tracker. So we allow you to subscribe to wallets of top traders, celebrities, or specific contracts, and you get push notifications to your phone when certain actions take place. So if, Josh, I want to follow your wallet, and I want to see what NFTs you're buying, I can easily do it with NinjaAlerts. So we also have a directory. You can search for different wallets. I don't think I've added your wallet there yet, but I'll make sure to do it after the show uh, so right. I can keep, keep, right. keep track of you. Keep but me in my game. What's been some of the more popular wallets to follow besides like Vitalik? Oh, yeah. I mean, Pranksy is the number two most profitable trader of all time. So he has made over 10,000 Ethan profits from trading NFTs. So that's a very popular one. We have a bunch of probably lesser known people because we also run algorithms to identify who the most profitable traders are. And so you can go into the app and you can view their wallet G-Money. stats, their profits. Do you have G-Money on there? We do have G-Money on there. We, of course, we have all the celebrities. So we have like Ashton Kutcher, we have Jimmy Fallon, we have Paris Hilton, Mark Cuban. We've done all the research to Eva find Longoria. all these. She got into a little bit of, oh, actually, no, it wasn't Eva Longoria. It Kim was Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got into a little bit of trouble. We love Eva Longoria, yeah. and hopefully she'll be at NFTLA. Yeah. Kim's great too, but um, Kim, be careful. Yeah. 
So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And where can folks go to learn more about Stacks and Ninja Alerts? Yeah, so definitely check out Stacks. It's stacks.co is the domain name. That'll give you a lot of links to the functionality, the documentation, list of the projects. And then Ninja Alerts, you can just go to Ninja Alerts with one A in the middle, .com, and you can download the app for free. And you can start following my wallet. We'll add Josh's wallet in there after this so you can see what he's trading, maybe some inside knowledge there. Or just follow your friends too. Like I actually follow just a lot of my friends to see what they're minting or buying or selling. There we go. Trevor, thanks for hanging out with us today and giving us that nice perspective on what's going on here in Asia and specifically Seoul. My pleasure. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or have you received that chain letter? How did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintraininalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Hi everyone, this is Josh Krieger, co-host of Edge NFT, live in Seoul, Korea at Seoul Meta Week with my new friend, Jay Kim. Jay, great to have you here. Hi, nice to have you here. We had a great conversation and learned that Jay is doing some fascinating stuff in the world of Web3 and shares our ethos on learning and using this technology in unique ways. Jay, you could do the honors here. Tell everyone what you're doing here and a little bit about yourself. Yes, actually, our company called Bunko is about learning. So it means that we have been in the field of Web2 and introducing English-Korean learning and found out, okay, there are people who are actually interested in learning the language, but there are countries who can't afford it. So we have seen that like Axie Infinity, Play to Earn, this kind of movements that token economy can move a lot of things. So we thought, okay, let's bring learning and rewarding together. And we launched our own app as an MVP, as minimum viable product, tested it out, and voila, you can see people are really engaging if you have rewards in the back. And learning is quite difficult. It's really difficult, hard work. But they're doing this hard work to get earnings and repeating it again and again. So our app is live in the moment, and there are a lot of users doing actually learning Korean, a totally different language, and getting rewards on it. Yeah, that's really exciting. And I've been here a few days, and I can definitely tell how important it is to know at least a little bit of Korean when you're in Seoul. It's a vibrant blockchain community and people really want to engage, but it's just one of those places where the native language really matters. Yes, unfortunately, yes. And the difficulty is that you can't actually read it, you can't hear it and understand it. 
So the barrier is a little bit higher than learning another language which is based on alphabeticals. So if you go into Korean, our app is based on very easily listening it, hearing it and repeating it because we believe in repeating is a king. But if you want to repeat, you have to have something that can push you forward. And you may remember when you say, okay, mom, I will get an A plus if you buy me a PlayStation. That's the reward you need in the back. And this is what our app is actually doing. It is rewarding and pushing the user forward so he can push forward with learning. That's exciting. And you've chosen a hybrid economy of tokens plus NFTs. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? Uh, yeah, sure. Our token is for getting the reward itself. And there are systems out there where you need definitely an NFT to participate on the network. But in our case, there is a free-to-learn model, so you can just download the app and start earning. And there is a model where you have an NFT, which is only available as promotional marketing. And with this NFT, you have the ability to earn a little bit more on the system and directly. Because our free-to-earn is based on a point system, where you have to participate and earn points on a ranking board. And with an NFT, you can earn directly rewards. That's really exciting. And just to rewind a little bit, Jay, how did you get into the blockchain space and what is Boomco all about overall? Boomco overall is about making an equal opportunity for learning itself. We are in the educational field in EduTech and EduFi, as the learning system itself is. And I myself started in the end of 2017. Actually, that also, was a big time for a lot of us. It, it was a big time I, for a I, lot I think of that's us. Yes. A, the common year whenever you know people it's, share when yeah. they got involved in blockchain. 2017. Yes, that's it's our year. It's our year. I started also with a very similar system where you can write something and earning rewards. It was a or is a blockchain system called Steam, and there is where I met all the blockchain people around, have offline sure. events, and writing content about blockchain and so on. Great. And if people want to learn more about what you're building, maybe try out the product, learn a little Korean, where do they go? You can just go to Google Play Store or Apple iOS Store and write in B-O-O-M-C-O, Boomco, and you can find an app where you can directly download the app and just try it out. Cool. And I think for our listeners at home, you're going to be eligible for an early version of this Genesis NFT that you're dropping. Is that correct? No, that is correct, yes. All right. So more to come there. Thank you very much for your generosity and wish you the best with developing this exciting product. And I've already talked to a few people here that are excited to learn a little bit more now that they're at the conference and realizing how powerful it can be to know the native language of the place you're traveling. As we think about East meets West and cross-pollinating Web3, it's very important that we all sort of speak each other's language, both metaphorically and in actuality. So excited to learn more about your product. Thanks so much, Jay. Thanks for having me. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. 
AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Hi everyone, this is Josh Krieger, co-host of Edge of NFT. I am at Seoul Meta Week, and we just experienced Metacon the last few days. And during lunch one day, I had a chance to meet Rushang, who shared with me that he is one of the founders of one of the largest guilds, actually in Asia, but actually the top guild in Korea, which is called the NFT Cartel. And this is pretty innovative because NFTs are relatively newer to the space in Korea. And so you and your fellow cartel members are really pioneers. So I wanted to learn more. And it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Josh. <laughs> yeah, and I know English is not your native language. And I appreciate you being a risk taker, mm-hmm. being on the podcast as well. No worries at all sure. about the language barriers there mm-hmm. at all, my friend. So maybe you can start by just tell me about how NFT Cartel got started. And I think there's been a few moments where it really took off. Maybe you can share a little bit about the story of NFT Cartel. Okay. We started just this year, February. We were just a very small community, just a chatting room. And then many people want to get information for Clay City Project. It's NFT clay chain. So our another founder called Brad D. Tampapang, he was made chatting room. And then so many people getting join our chatting room. Also me. Yeah. So, so it was a very organic thing. Yeah, yeah. Where everyone wanted to just gather and learn information about mm. gaming. Yeah, right. So what was the first game that you guys started playing together? Play to one game is just a land pie. So we are playing Diecast Gold is and Big Time. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. We're oh, playing very big cool. time. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have big time on the show oh. in a few weeks. Oh really? <laughs> and we just did a Twitter spaces yeah. with them. Oh. And at what point did things grow and become formal where you called it a guild mm. and everything? When did that happen? I think middle of April 
this year. Many people join our offline meetups, so we thinking different. We can make more the big something like yeah. guild or platform something, and then we talking about at the time not guild member, just people. Anyway, so we was talking about information for NFT and blockchain, some economics, everything. But they are so nice guys, and then they are so genius guys in our chatting room. So we decided make some more big community. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> so just to recap. You started in February. You started to have these in-person mm-hmm. gatherings in April. Started to realize there are a lot of interesting mm-hmm. people with different expertise, mm-hmm. and so you decided to turn it into the NFT cartel, which yeah, is right. what it is today. And so, one criticism mm-hmm. of guilds mm-hmm. has been how hard it can become to be part of the guild, and the responsibilities mm-hmm. can. Turn unhealthy, where people are addicted or they work too hard. This sounds like a guild that's very community-driven, where it was created by the community. How do you balance the responsibilities of guild members with a healthy lifestyle? Mm. So easy communities. So we don't have any rule. Just everything can do it. Our community communications something. Every information known themselves can send any link and any picture, something like so. You're just a very decentralization system we have. So very comfortable community. So very chill. Yeah, very chill. So, yeah, you had mentioned you're a photographer. You have a photography studio, so yeah. you still. Do the photography, and this is just a hobby that's making extra money, and you enjoy. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the statistics. I mean, starting in February, getting really formal in April, you already have five active projects and ten million dollars of land. That's quite a lot in twelve hundred guild members. How did it grow so quickly? I think many projects have our community is. Can be make more members. We provide so many promotion for our followers and members, guild members. So they want some benefit in NFT scene or blockchain community. So we provide many benefit for them guys just free, and then we don't make money. Our team. Just give away all of their trust to our community, cause you're not trying to over profit on the community uh, or profit. the projects. You're just generally growing yeah, community. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a great example of more revisionist thinking on guilds because, like we talked about, some of the older guilds got a little bit unhealthy, and you're just trying to. Reward community and band together and help each other yeah. in, in a positive way. It's really cool and exciting to see what you've been building. What have been some of the favorite parts of this experience for you personally? What have you gotten out of being part of this guild? I think I can make enjoy in vibration in community 
and then so relationship yeah, relationship oriented yeah so i'm so relationship oriented i'm so relationship so focus yeah focus so they are can talking with me so easy yeah so for those of you that are listening to this i can tell you that the gentleman sitting next to me has a great aura of positive energy an amazing smile and it's really cool to see you and the community just having fun and growing together around a passion we preparing so real logistic guild platform in the world we want a building okay yes. those so, are big ambitions yes so look out <laughs> so we preparing many program so we make web service for nft it's called the nft step that make our core team members nft step can see every clayton network situation like trading nft price and transaction everything can be so and it's for just uh, our Celtic Guild member only benefit, and then we provide a scholarship program. So we learned from project like 100 NFT, and then we give our members. They didn't buy NFT, just free get NFT and playing to game, and then they can get mining system from NFT. So we want to just uh, many people can play didn't big investment their self, but we can give to guild member many benefit and service. NFT is just free. So we want to going together, project team users. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really the Web3 way. And you guys imbibe this ethos, which is why I was so excited to speak with you. And I know it wasn't easy for you to have an interview in English. We don't have a translator. <laughs> so I really appreciate your effort here. And I'm really excited about what you're doing. So much so that I'd like to give your community two tickets to NFTLA, mm -hmm. a gift from uh -huh. me to oh, your really? community oh. that Thank you can you. decide who in your community should come. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can do more together oh. beyond that. But similar to your style, we're about leading by giving mm -hmm. and then good things happen. So that is my gift to you. Thank you so much, Josh. My pleasure. Where can people go to learn more about NFT Cartel and how do they join the guild? I'm sure they have to be as cool as you are, but besides being an awesome person, how do they join the guild? Follow us, our Twitter at K-A-R-T-E-L on the bar NFT, Cartel NFT. All right, that's K-A-R-T-E-L underscore NFT on Twitter, and then get involved in the hottest NFT guild in Korea. Thank you, Anjan, for spending some time with us today. It's great to meet you in Seoul and to see what you're doing in the community. Thank you. Okay, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. 
Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.